Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. So we are going to do a lot of previewing of public hearings today. We, we well, yeah, we are. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming down. Well, we're we're still only what halfway through the amount of bills that have been presented. Almost, almost, almost halfway, halfway. So yeah, we we have we have ways to go. So they're they're plowing right through them. It's so. mid-April and they are flying. Yeah. Well, so they actually have three days this week. Right. It doesn't help too that some days it's just all about one thing, and the t- testimony goes until you know eleven o'clock in the morning the next day. Immunization. Still Hashtag happening. immunization. Still happening. <laughs> so we're going to start today with the public hearings scheduled for the afternoon of Wednesday, April seventeenth. That's during school vacation week. It is. So if you are around, remember we had some. We had a lot during uh, school vacation week in February during basketball season. Yes, it snowed a lot. It which, snowed a lot, which I think depressed turnout. Because uh, we attended a little bit. It depressed most of Maine. <laughs> it really did. And I think this one might also for this particular day. But we're going to start off with uh, something that's a little uplifting, I hope, which is LD 866, which is a bill. Uh, it's an act to support college completion by homeless youth in Maine. Yeah. Which is re- uh, presented by Representative Brennan of Portland, who's on the committee, and quite a few uh, representatives and senators. And this one is mainly going to require institutions of higher education in the state to designate an existing staff member f- to serve as, as a liaison for homeless youth who are enrolled in that institution. It also requires uh, colleges to give homeless youth priority for on-campus housing, developing a plan to provide housing during school breaks, and allow homeless youth who are enrolled part-time to have on-campus housing during the first year of school. It also expands the tuition waiver for state post-secondary educational institutions to include tuition waivers for homeless youth. Holy moly, this is a one-page bill and it's got all that stuff in it's it. Got, that's, there's, there's, there's a lot, yeah. This is awesome. I love it. This I, is exactly... I love it. Why don't we have this already? It'll be ought my not, it'll be not to pass. Oh, don't say that. It will be because of, of a couple of things. One, the bill requires institutions of higher education. They're requiring these facility, these to do things. That's not going to go so well. That is true. And government uh, overreach. This is government overreach. And the, I think the other thing that I see in this is this is also going to require not just the public university system, but the private and the for-profit. Every post-secondary institution in the state of Maine would have to adhere to this. So good. I don't think it's a bad thing. Good. That that but that's going nowhere. So th- this, as it's written, I don't think it will happen. It might get amended and be passed, but I don't see it. So, I hate I hate to be another Debbie Downer, but I I just that I the way the way things have happened so far this session, it seems to me this would be a thing where it would just be no, we like the idea, but too much. It's going to cost too much. Cost so, too much. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be attending this day on the 17th. I can't imagine why. So, we'll there, are there any bills of, of real interest for, say, a curriculum director, or for, say, a person who's very uh, interested or or has a lot to st- a lot of stake in areas like that of education or certification value? Yeah. So it's clearly LD thirteen seventy, which is an act to it. Oh no, wait! You're talking about the one I just skipped. The one you skipped, yeah. LD nine eighty five. I did. Uh, LD 985, an act to maintain high school diploma standards by repealing proficiency-based diploma standards. Now, before you start, 
You this, know who I'm going to. This one is uh, presented by Representative Fecto of Augusta, who's on the committee, co-sponsored by a bunch of representatives, some of which are on the committee. And there's one thing I really, really like about this bill. It's super short. It, it, it's, it is. It's, uh, it's one line. And this is, uh, other than the be it enacted, it says Section 120-A, MRSA 4722-A, as amended by something, is repealed. Done. That's it. Goodbye, cut. It repeals the provisions of law that allow diplomas indicating graduation from a secondary school to be based on a student's demonstration or proficiency. It will not allow that anymore. Right. So last sessions, all the last sessions work to create local control and local options, whether they go for a credit-based or a diploma or a proficiency-based diploma. Yeah, not, no more. We're going to tell you it's going to all going to be credit-based. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. No one gets to say, which which is surprising to me because looking back on the testimony and the way things happened from last session, some of the people who are on the sponsor of this really were for that local control and splitting it up that way. wonder why they changed. Hmm. I would really encourage anyone listening that has time on the 17th to if you're not going to testify that's one thing but come and visit or listen to it on the web right uh just to see what some of the some of the reasoning is because there's a lot of as matt says odd changes but it's not a surprise it is not not there's not a surprise this has come this has come up every year since it since the inception of this uh this, this law 4722a Every year it's come up. And I looked back recently in between 2012 and it was started and then 2000, last year, 2018, so the six years, it was changed five times. Mm-hmm. How do they expect anyone to do any, anything well with that when it's changed only five, to, when it's changed over five times over eight years? And when there's not a lot of support, when the Department of Education had approximately 95 commissioners, most of them acting. Yeah, and how many people were overseeing the entire proficiency-based diploma Mm. uh, transition for the state? Mm. One? One. One. For the biggest paradigm shift in educational history, one person with zero funding, or limited funding, I should say. Limited. Because for a few years, for a few years it was, they did fund it. Um, for, for about for half of the, those times, mm-hmm. half of those years. One person, limited funding, and then they constantly keep changing the rules and moving the goalposts. Mm. Can't imagine why it's people are frustrated with it. So let's hope that that doesn't spill over into the next one, which is LD 1370. It's an act to address violent behavior in the classroom. Mm. Well, luckily, this, won't, this testimony won't be happening in a classroom then. See what I did there. Uh, so this one is going to really talk about what violent behavior looks like and requires a school unit to immediately investigate allegations of violent behavior and if it's substantiated to institute an action plan, but the, in, the action plan must be instituted prior to the student's return to school, prioritizing counseling and guidance services for the student, restorative justice and training for employees who interact with the students, and uh, from which is an odd piece, this last one. The bill also prohibits a school administrative unit from counting time away from work due to an injury resulting from violent behavior against a public school employee's accrued sick leave. And obviously, they don't. That's not just randomly stuck in there. That's clearly happened. So a teacher Somewhere. has been hurt by a student, 
and it counts against their sick time. Yep. That's cold. That's that. That's that. That is some. Yeah, that's some cold bloodedness right there. I mean, I like the cold bloodedness. <laughs> I like this. The, the whole thing. It's like we don't do that already. Right. I was. That's what I kept thinking the whole time. Really, we do this. This happens. This happens everywhere. This is what happens when there's a violent thing and it goes through a suspension or an expulsion hearing. And you go through all this stuff and the reentry stuff. All this stuff happens. Oh, wait a minute. What's this whole thing about staff and the sick staff time? staff one is the weird one. But I'm guessing that this is new because a lot of this already happens. But the counseling and guidance services and restorative justice and training for employees, that sounds all new. Yeah. Or at least it does. It could sound new. I, I'm not exactly sure. It's, it makes total sense. Right. But it sounds kind of new, so that's that's kind of hard. Uh, let's go to the last one. For the day, April 17th, it's LD1347. We're just flying through these. An act to promote high-quality after-school programs in public schools. I'm in. Yeah, uh, we win. Mm, concept, concept draft. <laughs> so that means hey, we, no one knows what this is. <laughs> It's nope. basically a title only, like, hey, can we do good things about uh, after-school programs, and can we promote high-quality ones? Uh, yeah, but let's get into the details, shall we? That's always the struggle. And uh, that's the afternoon. I'm guessing it's going to be taken up a lot from the repealing proficiency-based standards. I, I know of people that are going to be testifying on this one for a variety of reasons. Um, I can't wait to see this one. this is gonna be good so i'm actually bringing somebody to witness testimony for the first time to see how all the process goes that'll be a good day that'll be that'll be that's a good day to go won't be an empty day i yeah i can't wait to hear how much of it is really about grading and reporting oh as opposed to being like certifying proficiency which is very different than just grading and reporting so one thing I like about how they scheduled these, as we move on to the next one, they uh, took off Thursday, the 18th, mainly because testimony might still be going. It might still be going. <laughs> so we're gonna so we're gonna do oh we'll do it this way Friday morning on April 19th. I had to switch those out here. Uh, we're gonna start with LD 210, which is an act to increase technology and engineering education for grades seven to 12. And it is a concept draft. That is a bummer. So basically they want to create a new category of science endorsement, yep. technology and engineering, change the industrial arts slash technology teacher endorsement to a tech and engineering endorsement and amending the requirements. I'm, I'm not as familiar with what that means, but that sounds like that could be a big shift for some people. I think it could be, yeah. Yeah. You're going from, from IA technology to tech and engineering. Just mm-hmm. we're doing it. Right. That this is what you are now. Sounds a little weird. Maybe that's why it's a concept. And I, I think part of it also I like is the amended endorsement requires requirements would also allow a college graduate with an engineering degree to obtain a technology engineering endorsement. So the certification process is, well, arduous to say the least at times. Arduous. And Yeah, arduous. And um, they say reciprocity, but, you know, as a person who came from away from Maine with other certifications, the reciprocity there really didn't happen. I had to do a whole lot of extra stuff. Um, but this is going to change some of that to be able to make sure that people can, with, with an engineering degree, can get an engineering endorsement. That one kind of makes sense. That makes some sense. That makes some sense. Still yeah. a concept, though. Still a concept. If you don't do things the main way, done by main research and main firms, then it doesn't make any sense. 
because you know, across the way over there in New Hampshire, I they don't know anything. I always found it funny to me that it was the way life should be. <laughs> I always found that hysterical. As long as you're from Maine, right? It should be. Right, it's the way life should be. Is it, well, if you're from a bit arrogant away. Oh, oh, yeah, here we that's go with bit, being from away. That's better than open for business. So let's go to the next one. Welcome. LD. <laughs> We're welcome now. So much better in every possible way. <laughs> uh, this one is very, very connected to the one we just talked about. LD 1046, an act to authorize the Department of Education to provide flexibility in the required credentials for teachers in career and technical programs. We like flexibility. Unfortunately, this one... Uh, exempts certain qualifications for an endorsement for this so you can basically get around the qualifications right i don't think some people are going to like this <laughs> namely Ooh. let's see the mea <laughs> i'm going to guess they're going to have about a page page and a half of stuff saying Holy this is the God, most dangerous no. <laughs> bill in the session well the yeah, affair and this one's presented by one person one yep nobody took the co-sponsor <laughs> route on which, as we saw before in a previous pod here, it's not always the case that that's bad, but it is is a sign. It's a tougher hill to climb. So let's go to the next one, which is another one that's continuing uh, the, the trend, LD1369, an act to create an additional pathway to certify industrial arts teachers to foster career and technical subjects in Maine schools. So what does this one do? Uh, quote the summary, it directs the State Board of Education to adopt rules to amend the credentialing of educational personnel to create a pathway for a teacher to obtain an endorsement for a component of industrial arts with an experiential lab that includes, but not limited to, things like automotive body repair, diagnostic and mechanics, welding, etc. Um, so rules must have a, include at least the following qualifications for a teacher to be eligible for an endorsement. A completed apprenticeship registered with the statewide national apprenticeship organization. Uh-huh. Okay. A completed two-year degree or certificate. Okay. From a tech institution, et cetera. Completion of the minimum number of hours paid or paid applied employment and teaching in the endorsement area being sought. And completion of the number of hours of experience learning the trade or craft for which the endorsement is sought. Sounds reasonable. So if you've learned the stuff, if you've done the stuff, and if you've been uh, got a, some kind of a degree in the things, yeah, you should be certified in that. What do you think the MEA is going to say on this one? Most dangerous bill. And we just we just had a most dangerous bill. You can't have you. Can, they might forget from one week to the next. They might, well, but from one bill to the next one, the same morning. Mm. I don't know. They might be one of those organizations that just takes their entire testimony and copies it and place, pastes it in different bills. Callback. So LD eleven eighty two is might the next be. one. Might be. Might be. I'm not calling out any or, hypothetically. So LD eleven eighty two, which is an act to improve school safety by requiring law enforcement visits. Uh, so, uh, it, it requires that a public school be visited at least two times per week by a law enforcement officer from the state police, a county sheriff's office, or a municipal law enforcement agency when that public school is in session. Keep going. Gladly. Visits by law enforcement officers must be unannounced and occur at varying times of the day and week at each public school. And the county sheriff's office is responsible for coordinating these visits. I get lots of thoughts on this one. Uh, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you go. How is that going to improve school safety? And what type of culture in a building are we trying to promote there 
when we have cops patrolling our hallways at unannounced times twice a week to make sure everything's okay. I, I, can you see this being abused at all? I don't like this, well, obviously. Well, well, any of these things would be abused. And, sure. and you know that's one of the reasons why we have all these bills coming forward because people found laws, found laws, found little loopholes in them or wrinkles in them, and then abused the heck out of them. So this one, so I, maybe that's the wrong wrong terms because this one doesn't like change anything. It just adds. You you have a law enforcement officer come in your school twice a week, every single public school. Right. Twice a week, unannounced. They coordinate the visits. Right. How is that going to help? Well, I, how is I, it going to help? I, I, I don't know. I, I understand the, the the thought is deterrence, is having that consistent, constant person there or a person there where you see irregularly. You don't know when something, someone's going to be around, so you might it might prevent people from uh, malfeasance or tomfoolery, some chicanery. Um, no. I'm not uh, sure if tomfoolery is a criminal offense. Malfeasance? Psh, yeah. Okay. Chicanery, that's on the edge not, for me. Not so much. It's on the edge. Um, so th- I can see the I can see the logic in having someone there and creating that culture that there is there's you know someone is always watching. But to get to your point, is that the culture we want? It, Big it, brothers do, always hanging does around. Does that does that to what extent does that create a really safe and healthy culture for our learning environment for our learners in particular? And I I I. I think that there's legitimate concerns in that on both on, for both sides of this argument, but I I think that it could also be a potentially traumatic trigger for many students. I think it could be it could create an environment of of really unwelcomeness or un or being unsafe in a lot of ways. Because now we're thinking about these other things, and now we're bringing up past trauma, et cetera. So those considerations have to be brought into effect. My big problem with this one, if if, if I with your permission, if I may. Sure. Okay, thank you. Um, my big problem with this one is that our law enforcement officials have enough to do. They're really busy as it is. Yeah, do they want to do this? They're, I mean, they, they, they're, not, they're not just out there doing nothing. They are incredibly busy all of the time. Even if, they're, even if you look at them and there's the, they're, in their, they're in their vehicles, they're monitoring things. They're looking at things. They're looking for they're, – they're really working hard at what they do. This adds another layer onto them, and I don't know what that benefit would be for and what that's going to take away from their other roles, you know, from their other jobs, from the other things that they have to do. How do you think the law enforcement part is going to testify on this one? Because I assume they're going to. I, I, I think they're going to go – I would say they go, they go yes. They have to, right? Because whoever had sponsored this one with lots of co-sponsors, they probably talked to law enforcement, right? I would think I would hope so. I would hope so, but I honestly don't know. I don't know either. It should be interesting. It's interesting to say the least. I'm I'm very interested to either hear or read what people have to say on this and the and the reasons why. Oh, were like the, remember the cell phone banning the cell phone bill? Like it went in directions I did not think about <laughs> in terms of testified <laughs> in terms of like drugs and you know pictures and things like that. I'm like oh, I wasn't even thinking about. It. I was thinking more of like you don't ban they're an educational tool, but all right, yeah, they are used for malfeasance and tomfoolery. I would totally agree. Lots of tomfoolery there. Maybe the drugs were the chicanery, but I think all the nudie pictures, 
that's tomfoolery. Maybe there's some malfeasance there. So on a Friday afternoon, as we move to the next and final <laughs> session for this pod, we're going to talk about food mm. on a Friday afternoon. So everybody's getting ready to go out. They would have, have some nutritious food. Well, they would have already enjoyed a lunch. I'm assuming at the Cross Cafe. Some spicy dill pickles. Spicy dill pickle chips. Good coffee there too. Excellent. Looking for sponsorship. <laughs> so we're going to start with LD 454, an act to encourage the purchase of local produce for public schools. Uh, yeah. But here's what I saw when I turned the page. Like a spreadsheet. I, I, yeah, there's actual, like, numbers. There's, there's, there's <laughs> math. There's, like, math and accounting here, and I, I, I had a bit of a panic attack. I have to be Like, I didn't know this was a bill with money in it. So they're basically funding half a million dollars a year for the next couple of years to fund a specialist position to administer the local produce fund. Not bad money right there. No. And then uh, it will provide a $1 match for every $3 a school unit pays for produce or minimally processed foods. Mm. I sense chicken nuggets. Purchased directly from a farmer, form, farmer's co-op, or local food hub in the state. So basically, if you buy local, we'll give you some more money. You get a third off. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not a bad deal. I, I, I'm curious to see how the monitoring of that would happen. Well, uh, because you, you're hiring a monitor. You know what they have to do? They will provide training to food staff and outreach to local farmers, as well as manage the new program promoting seasonally available local products. Sounds like a cool gig. Maybe I, I'm not sure this is high, this is establishing a new position though. I have a feeling this this could be this could be additional money to help administer it, which might go to the food services director, and that person might. It says provide, provide technically to push back just slightly, Matt. Go ahead. Provides ongoing funds for one education specialist three position. So. Oh, you're actually reading the bill. If how dare I? If you are if you're in Matt's situation here and think this is going to reshuffle a little bit. If you're an education specialist three position at the state right now, I'd be watching this closely because your job may change soon. Mm. You it may be might. talking to farmers. You might be. You might be, <laughs> might be having your, your position moved around a bit. I like that bill. It's going nowhere. No. Because there's half a million dollars a year. That's too much. Uh, not in my opinion, in the committee's opinion, that, or political we, parties. We speak, for the, we speak for the committee. So this next one <laughs> was really strange to me. So let's talk about this one. It's LD 577. It's an act to increase access to nutritious foods in schools by implementing an after-school food program for at-risk students. Emergency bill. It's a bill. Starts out with mm. six whereases. A bill with in a whereases. Bill. I, I'm telling you, they. This is that interdisciplinary work we keep talking they about. They are surprising this is the integration. us. Integration at every single podcast. I'm. What's happening here? Lots of cool whereas. Like McDonald's, I'm loving it. <laughs> I don't think McDonald's is exactly the place for this afternoon's <laughs> bills. Well, like, you know, like like locally organic sourced, minimally processed foods. The next one, reducing food waste. I believe you did waste. say chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Maximally processed foods. Uh, let's talk about this one. Maybe that EdTech 3 would be the Fry Guys. There's a, there's a decent paying job Mayor for the McCheese. Fry Guys. The Hamburglar. Mm. Let's get back on this one. The summary for this one provides the participation in the Federal Child and Adult Care Food Program to serve at-risk students who attend after-school programming that choose to operate the program 
and have at least one public school in which, in which at least 50% of students qualified for free or reduced. So I am obviously slightly confused on this one. Yeah. So if you have at least 50% free and reduced lunch, you qualify for one. Okay, so that's good. And you will now participate in the Federal Child and Adult Care Food Program to serving at-risk students who attend after-school programming. Now, it sounds like to me that that already exists, but we don't participate as, as a state. That's what it sounds like. Because it begins by saying an SAU participate in the Federal Child and Adult Care Food Program established in 42 United States Code, Section 1766, as required. So I guess this thing already exists. Maine does not participate. Here's a way that you can now participate. Great. Okay. We're in. Hashtag analysis right there. Hashtag analysis. So we've got three more for this uh, afternoon here, including one that was added lately. Yes. Uh, this next one is LD541, a resolve to reduce food waste in schools. All the whereases in the last act. I think were, they, were, oh. They, they pushed them. They misprinted. Poached them. Oh. Poached. Like eggs. <laughs> so, when you have to, we have to explain a joke, that means it's really funny. <laughs> If you've listened this far to us, this is, this is just, yeah, sorry, but uh, you're the one doing it. So this summary. It's this, your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> this resolve directs the DOE to develop a school food sharing policy to encourage schools uh, and food banks to work together to collect whole and packaged school cafeteria surplus or leftover food and share it with the community. Great. Great. Just, I'm, yes. Sure, why not? goes right along with the next one, actually, which is above a resolve. It's mm -hmm. a bill. It's LD1351. It's an act to allow for the recovery and redistribution of food in public schools. Very similar. It's a lot more lines. I had to read a lot more. And it's like two, yeah. some, two and a half pages, for God's sakes. So what this one does is grant public schools food service programs a variance under the department's jointly adopted rules regulating food safety to basically say... There's food that's taken by students that's not touched, and we can basically use it again or give it away to uh, your local, like, food pantry, food, yeah, food, food shelter, food, whatever yeah, you want. Anywhere. It allows students to place unwanted eligible food items on a share table at any time, and then you can collect and redistribute that, yeah. whether it's know, to students or to outside purposes. I also know there are some schools in the state that have their own their own little food pantry in their building. Yep. And what they do is they keep it open all weekend and on and on, yep. and on vacation weeks, so that people who who need the food can come in and get something. And so I think this is a, a way to help, in a way, facilitate that and to uh, maybe allow it. Because right now the rules are, it's got to be thrown away. You serve it, you throw it away. Yeah. Period. If the kids just take the plate, uh, one of the things that I liked about that particular bill was, it's uh, it's an ask for stuff instead of right. I, I have to give you this mystery meat and this gross milk and this nasty dessert and you have to take them. What is happening in the cafeterias where you visit? Maybe it's the cafeterias <laughs> of my youth and I oh, still yeah. haven't gotten over it. Not in ours these days. Ours are pretty good. I think so. So the last one was just added recently, and as soon as I read it, I knew why. It's LD1344, an act to improve nutrition in Maine schools. I'm in. 
It's a concept draft. I'm out. It pro- proposes to codify in Maine law the provisions of the Federal Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act of 2010. So we're going to bring into the state some federal rules? Uh-oh. Government overreach. Uh-oh. So this one was Watch presented out, by Representative Daughtry of Brunswick, who was on the committee last year, and yeah. has presented all kinds of stuff to the back to the Education Committee this year, uh, which is fantastic. Glad so to see she's still invested in the education. Fits right in for the day. So that was all food, no McDonald's or anything like that. Uh, that was Friday the 19th, and that concludes our vacation week preview. And then we're back at it for the final push. The final push. Of the month. Until May. Yeah. Well, of, of that week anyway, because it's not even May. All right, <laughs> so where can you track all these bills? Well, as per, as per usual, you can look for um, – you go onto Twitter at Maine Ed Matters or onto Facebook at Maine Ed, uh, Facebook.com slash Maine Education Matters. You will find pinned to the top of each profile – a lovely handy-dandy spreadsheet that is keeping track of every single bill through the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee, where what it says, where it's been, when we t- did something with it, talked about it, etc. And also now some new columns of where it's gone through the House or through the Senate. So check those out and also through those social media areas. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's something you wanted to go deeper into. So speaking of social media things, there's one thing that I've been looking at lately. What's that? On iTunes, you can rate and review us. Yeah. We have some rates. Oh, we do. Last I saw, we had six ratings. Well, I, And correct me if I'm wrong, we've never asked for this before. We have not. So we have six ratings, five five stars, and one four star. I blame that loss of a star on Matt. I, I think it's definitely Matt's fault. The problem that I have is we don't have any reviews. No, re- no reviews. Nobody's talking about us. We talk incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody can write a sentence back to us. So again, you're blaming the people out there. You blame. I think. Pretty are, sure who lost. Okay, that star. I, th- I think I think we're gonna have to go into the Matt and Matt therapy corner for a little <laughs> while because Matt, you seem to be projecting things out today a little bit onto our onto our onto our intrepid and and, and lovely listeners. Possibly true. <laughs> So follow hey, us write us a review. Yes, please write us a review. We'd love and, to hear what you have to say. Uh, what we'd also like to see is more people listening. So if you know somebody that would like to listen to us and like to know more about the process, uh, let them know. Uh, we, we get new listeners every week. Matt takes pictures of our listeners every week. Matt does, and, and, and Matt should as well. Yes, one of the Matts here <laughs> is very terrible at that one. Well, clearly both Matts are because Matt doesn't know how to use a phone properly to give you the last picture that I took with a bunch of teachers. So, <laughs> Also true. And with that, we're done for the week. Thank Bye. You very much.